Hi, I'm Josh Gentry, host of the Mysteries of the Mornland podcast and writer for Insider and the Level Up Project. And you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Welcome! This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Pam Penzalan to talk about Sword Dream, the Dagger Isle supplement for Blades in the Dark, and more. In the news, the Power Rangers and Transformers RPGs are now available for pre-order, new details about the Monsters of the Multiverse for Dungeons & Dragons, a TSR news update, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about manipulating the Game Master. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This podcast is sponsored by the Guild of Accountants. As a matter of full disclosure, I should make it clear that the Guild of Accountants is currently helping me cover up some uh, financial irregularities. Something about a, a little undeclared dragon's hall or something. I don't know. The taxman was quite unfriendly about it, but I think we've got his number. Anyway, the Guild of Accountants. They account for you. Wait, is that really their slogan? It's awful. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse, we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever. It is a delight to be here. Peter, you come with a guest. I do. I do. All the way from the Philippines is the person known as the Dovetailer. It's Pam Penzalan. Pam, hello! Hi, nice to meet all of you. I am... How are you? I'm okay. Um, it's a lovely evening over here. It's a bit hot, but I think my partner and I and my two cats are getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's worse to be too hot or in the horrible, miserable, drizzly, <laughs> rainy weather we have here. Hot. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> We, so we, we get hot weather like two days every year in June, and then that, that's basically it. Uh, I, I, I thought for listeners who are actually are familiar with Southampton will know that Russ is a liar. Um, <laughs> and actually, Southampton is normally very, very warm. It's one of the nicest climates in England, but that's it's what, still in England. That's a low bar, to be fair. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't rain nearly as much. I, I, I think you're spoiled, is what it boils down to. It was raining this morning, Peter. Was it? I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I thought it was outside. Right, yeah. let's make a podcast, shall we? Let's make a podcast. That's so, a good idea, um, we should. Yeah. Let's start with some RPG news. Ah, fantastic. And the RPG news I want to start with this week is yes. Power Rangers and Transformers role-playing games. Uh, are, are those news? Because I thought they'd been announced ages ago. They were announced ages ago, but uh, they went up for pre-order oh. this week. And you can get the PDFs now. So if you pre-order the hardcovers, right, right. you get the PDF. So there are people out there already playing Transformers and Power Rangers. Wow. What a time to be alive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of um, snags to it. Oh, yes, yeah. So the US store is Renegade Game Studios. Mm. The US, Their US store does not ship outside of the US. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. Helpful. <laughs> they do have a UK store. Okay. So we're okay. But uh, for, for a lot of people, I think um, you're going to have to wait until it appears in other outlets before before you can actually get hold of that, which is unfortunate. 
Yeah. So the Power Rangers game comes out January the 26th this month. That's in two, mm-hmm. two weeks, isn't it? Wow. Two weeks. It's pretty soon, anyway. Yeah, but you get soon. but you get the PDF straight away if you if you pre-order, mm, right? And Transformers—that's March 2022. Mm. So you do get a free PDF with that, but mm. there's no indication on the website that you get that one immediately. So I suspect mm. you'll get the PDF for that a little later, closer to the release date. Okay. Do we know? what system they're using we do so it's their own system yes and it's called essence 20 okay that sounds interesting (laughs) (laughs) well it's a brand new system i I assume from the 20 it must be a d20 yeah i guess (laughs) but other other than that i don't i don't know much about it i think i think if you uh if you do a deep dive and google around i think there is some information on the web about it but i i haven't i haven't read that Oh, so you can you can find out more about the system if you're if you're really interested. Oh, we have no choice or, but to assume it's awesome. Or you can just pre-order it and just get the game now. Can, for yeah, there we go. Exactly. I'm kind of tempted. I'm more interested in Transformers than Power Rangers. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Power Rangers is for the younger crowd. Well, my um, middle name is Optimus Prime, as you well know. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you wear that you wear that T-shirt that says my middle name is Optimus Prime every birthday, so it's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up on Power Rangers and and Transformers. Really? Yeah, I I was really more of the first Power Rangers. I think with uh, I really like the Yellow Ranger and the Pink Ranger and run around with all the <laughs> merchandise and everything. So that's the thing. Uh, so I confess, yeah. I have never seen a Power Rangers episode in my life. <laughs> I have seen a lot of Transformers, though, yeah. but I've, yeah. I've I've never I've never gotten around. I think I think I kind of missed that age wise. <laughs> yeah, Power Rangers. I think that came a little too late for me. I, I mean, but they do have magnificent hats. <laughs> I mean, that's, what? What? Oh, like, uh, what's it? Uh, Rita thingy. Uh, like, you know, she's she's there. She's like, going, yeah! <laughs> and she's got a magnificent hat. I cannot argue with the magnificence of her hat. Clearly, she must be an important character. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know what to say. Well, let's, let's move on to the next subject. Yes. <laughs> <Let's move on. laughs> so, D&D news. Oh, yes, yeah. Mordenkainen presents Monsters of the Multiverse. It's literally just around the corner. Oh. I think it's like next week or the week after. Ooh. And we talked about the cover, wraparound yes. cover last week. Yes, that is quite a nice piece of art, actually, yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch of leaked previews coming out. Oh, yeah. yeah. That have kind of spread around the, the web. So we've got the full list of all 33 playable races in the book. Oh, and we've also got a full list of all 260 monsters in the book. Ooh. Oh. Which I'm not going to read out, because that would take <laughs> <a chance. laughs> Please don't. <laughs> so, so, so the monsters, uh, they're basically everything from the two previous monster books. So that would be yeah. uh, Volo's Guide and Mordenkainen's Tome. Tomb of Foes, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's all the monsters from those books. Yeah compiled yes. into this book and then okay. with their stat blocks updated yes. to meet the new sort of standard that they use now. So they generally tend to stay away from alignment. They put yeah, yeah. efficiency bonus in there. They put spells as actions, I believe, was the one of the boos. Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and, and a few other a few other things as well. Yeah, yeah. But they're all updated. And hopefully some uh, uh, challenge ratings corrected and stuff with a bit of luck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously they don't have Paul working for them, so 
that's that's going to be where they're going going wrong. Yes, yeah, that'd yeah. be unfortunate. Yeah. But um, so we do also have the list of all thirty three of the playable races. So these have been updated to the current standard they used Ooh. in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so quick question: How many of these are some type of elf? Some of them. I'll go through the list in a sec. Okay, okay. <laughs> so just, 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 just to people who don't know, the yeah. uh, what, they, what they've been doing since Tasha's is, so yeah. ability score increases, you've got a free choice now, mm-hmm. rather than being set with specific um, specific heritages. So you mm-hmm. either increase one, one ability score by two points and another by one point, mm-hmm. or you increase three by one point. Oh. Uh, small races don't suffer a movement speed penalty. Mm. Oh, okay. Ooh. I think um, vision light sensitivity is gone for the uh, underdark races. Mm, okay. Okay. Interesting. Sunlight and I think there's another couple ripped. of bits and pieces. Uh, like references to alignment and stuff is gone as oh, well. Okay. So if you play a drow, it doesn't tell yeah. you that you're evil, which I think is an excellent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wizards of the Coast has been doing a lot of intriguing but small, slow movements. I mean, I don't think a lot of people understand that gradual is key, given how old the product is yeah. and how there's a lot of production. I mean, they're, kind of, they're kind of behind a lot of other, like yeah. Pathfinder was doing this a couple of years ago. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> with Pathfinder 2. I mean, we did it in Level Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's, it's well, while they are kind of like the industry leader, they're also a little slower to react than smaller companies. Mm-hmm. For sure. So a lot of people are, are already doing these things. Yeah. yeah. But when you're a big company and your books take two years to make and you've got all this... Mm infrastructure to deal with i imagine but, but the, they're still going with the terminology of races is that correct well they've gone back to races yeah so yeah. they they kind they of flirted it? they flirted yeah. with lineages for a bit didn't yeah. they yeah yeah and and something else did they use something else at one point i can't keep I can't remember but they, <laughs> yeah. they've definitely flirted with lineages it looks like they reverted back to races mm. yeah so i don't know what the thinking was there and why they switched and why they came back okay i don't know you know we're not privy to their internal discussions. Or, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously they decided they decided races was a good enough a good enough term after all, I guess. Well that that is a take, definitely. Mm. Okay. Um so the list of races. Mm-hmm. Rather than me read them out because it's thirty three, should I give you a link to the list? Oh, is, that right. easy? is that better? Yeah. Because I don't right. think anybody wants us to listen to a podcast where we just list out thirty three <laughs> words. <laughs> so I've just put in the chat there, I've just put a link. And then you can yeah. see the whole list of races there. Oh, okay. So these have all been published before. Mm, yeah, I remember. Um, and they're basically all the races that weren't in the player's handbook or in a setting-specific book. Yeah. So I don't think Warforged is on that oh, list. okay. Because that but was in Eberron's, the Eberron Guide. Well, excitingly, out of these uh, various races, there's, there's only three different types of elf. Really? So, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Jeremy look. Crawford is not oh, able Al- to exert the control. Eladrin is a type of elf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sea elf. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, where's, where's the third one? Uh, Shadow Kai. Oh, oh Shadow Kai. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's in uh, Morden Kynans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Three, only three elves. There we go. I know, I know. It's like a massive reduction on previous years. And mm. they've also got from the. Elemental Evil Player's Companion. They have the Genasi, uh, I think, was a Goliath? Yeah, and the Arapokra, or Bird People, as I like to call them. Yeah, they've got the uh, Bunny People from um, 
Wild Wild Witch Lights. That book oh, that I can yeah. never remember the name of. Like we've been wild. this for months. We should be wild. working on the name at some point. We do this every time. <laughs> wild Beyond the Witch Light. No. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. That, something like that. Anyway. Is that one? It's, <laughs> the one, it's, one of the, it's one of the circus and the clown. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ha- Is that one? Uh, yeah. And also from Magnificent Odysseys of Theros. Is that the name of it? The sort of the not Greece one that they did. Just Odysseys of um, yeah, yeah. Ferros, yeah, something like that. The Ferros, Ferros yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they've got the Sator, and I think I saw the Minotaur, yeah, and yeah, that's it, Sator and Minotaur. So mm. they're, they're bringing those in as well. So possibly they have the answers too. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, mm. so that so that is coming out like next week or the week after. It's part of a gift set. Yeah, Mordenkainen yeah. presents Monsters of the Multiverse. And also in that gift set, it's, uh, remind me what it is, Tasha's? Uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything and, and Xanathar's. Xanathar's Guide to everything. everything, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you already have those books, it's probably not worth, I wouldn't think, yeah. picking up this gift set just for slightly updated stat blocks for monsters you already have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. if you buy it, but it's literally, it's a gift set. If you're buying it for a yeah. gift for someone, or because it was supposed to come out like in December in time for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, but we've had the cardboard problems and stuff. Yeah, like and the production yeah. schedules and shipping and all that stuff. Mm. So, that, that, so it slipped to um, it slipped to January. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely you know pick it up as a gift for somebody. Perhaps mm. I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not going to pick it up myself. No. No. Um, I might pick up if the book comes out. If the uh, Mordenkainen book comes out separately later in the year, I might pick it up. Mm. We'll yeah, just to add to your collection. Yeah, carrying on with the news. Yes. You know we have to do it, Peter. No. (laughs) The TSR News Update. What have they done now? If they wouldn't stop making news, I wouldn't stop having to report the news. Is it news, though? We're supposed to talk about RPG news, not like random acts or whatever it is they do. It's the TSR News Update. (sighs) It's not my fault they do something ridiculous every (laughs) single week. If they stop doing these things, then we won't have anything to talk about. If you make them go and stand on the stair and look at the wall like they're supposed to, then we wouldn't have this problem. But they keep giving them attention. (sighs) Right, so, uh, Darlene. Darlene um, was an art... Well, he's an artist, but more importantly, when the first, the original TSR was around, was an artist for TSR at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the logos that TSR is claiming ownership of yep. was designed by Darlene. It's yes. the one with kind of like the half wizard's head. Oh. Look at it, sort of in profile. Okay. So, so one of those logos was designed by Darlene like years and years ago. Yep. Anyway, um, she has uh, released a public statement because Justin Lanassa and Ernie Gygax mm-hmm. of TSR 3 – Mm-hmm. Try to get her to sign a document giving them permission to use the artwork. Now, this right. is basically part of their trademark dispute with Wizards of the Coast. And they're thinking, I assume, if they've got a document where the actual artist says you have permission, they can they use can that use in court them. and it all. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she turned around and she said no. <laughs> I am not signing this document. I want nothing to do with your court case. <laughs> Keep me out of it. I don't want to be involved with these big lawyers. <laughs> and also, this is not how any of this works. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a long statement she wrote. It's, called, it's entitled The Power of No. And uh, oh, no. she talked about, A, um, 
how badly not only she but plenty of creative people were treated by the original TSR back in the day, mm, mm. which you know, that's that's been things that people have known for years. Yeah. Um. So it's not you know it's not just about the current TSR, but also turning around and saying she doesn't want to be involved with this new TSR, and she pretty much doesn't want to be involved with any company that isn't outwardly sort of inclusive and you know. Oh. So she just well, she you nice. cannot yeah. use my artwork. Good. Yeah. Which <laughs> I don't know how that's going to affect their uh, their attempt to. I'm, I'm going to take a point and say probably in no way whatsoever because it seems very unlikely she would have retained rights to the artwork. Mm. That's pretty much not how it works, as even I know. Like so. Yeah, the artwork when when TSL was sold would have become the property of Wizards of the Coast. I know, right? So yeah. and she's like she, she's commercial artist. She's brute and she's like. Do not involve me in your stupidity. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, that's basically what she's saying. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. TSR, oh, TSR being the fever dream that nobody wakes up from, apparently. <laughs> I remember there was. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem to end. I, I do oh, remember. Was it, was it two oh. months ago? Was it when they, when they hmm. um, resurrected themselves or something? And I hang out a, a mm. lot online if I'm not an FFLT. So I remember no. logging on to Twitter and seeing the TSR stuff, and I was like, okay, had a good laugh. And went, did my work and logged on to my game. Yeah. But next week I'm this like, is, is what, what, what's happening again? It's still, here. <laughs> it's still alive. <laughs> and six months later, here we are. It was July. It's six months yeah. ago now that they, uh, yeah. they announced and, uh, their existence. And don't forget, of course, that they made a perfectly good company that was called TSR have to change its name mm. because they made the brand so incredibly yeah. toxic. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, the I brand mean, is it's so odd. I think if someone handed me, the, like, totally legally and fair and square, the TSR brand now and said, you can now use this and call your company TSR. Yeah. I'd probably say, no, you're all right. Thanks. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> oh, <you can> <laughs> <Later>. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that brand, that brand has been running to the ground now completely. Oh, it's a joke oh, yeah. brand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not fit for use anymore. No, no. But anyway, um, there's a couple more bits. So, mm. David Floor yes. posted yes. a review of Giant Lands. Yes. So, Giant Lands is the game made by Wonderfiled, yes, which is Stephen Dinehart's company when they That's split it. from TSR three. Yes. So, so TSR still has not made any games. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a moment because they do actually claim they have what? But, what? But, but nobody nobody can actually find anyone that's bought any of these alleged <laughs> games but, so there's alright we'll do that now so they oh apparently made yeah. their yeah. Star Frontiers game that they said they were going to be making they say oh, really? they made it they say they published it. They say it sold out very quickly really? so you can't get it and oh. it probably won't be reprinted oh right right is that because the dog ate it? <laughs> <laughs> or, or is it because it's only sold in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't know her because she lives in Canada, goes to a different so, school. As, as yeah, yet, yeah. nobody oh, has been able to locate anybody that bought one of these mysterious games. <laughs> it's it's Schrodinger's game. Conclude from that what you will. <laughs> okay. So, so TSR asserts that they have <laughs> made the game. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. That's that's the first mm. step on the road to actually having products and so forth. And being a TTRPG company, 
which we might dutifully cover on this podcast. Well, the thing is, I think there's probably a legal angle to it. And obviously, I'm not a lawyer. But um, one of the things about, like, Star Frontiers is one of the trademarks in dispute. Yeah. And to lay claim to a trademark, you kind of have to show you've used it in business. That really strengthens your case. Mm. So I imagine that's what that's about. I mean, it'd be fun. All they have to do is show up a copy of their version of Star Frontiers in court. That should be pretty easy, right? <laughs> I mean, they've got the proof copies, yeah. Well, they that, probably that do have. Like they probably they, they've got. They are on their store page. There is a store page oh, yeah, yeah. on their website uh-huh. showing an alleged box set listing it as out of wow. stock. But they're uh, kind of digital renders of the box. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I mean, obviously that's pretty common practice. You can't go around having <laughs> photographs of your very real game all the time. <laughs> that would just be crazy talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, David Floor did a review of Giant Hands. I know. Which was the product that Wonderfield, yes. which was the company that split from TSR 3, yes. made, written by Jim Ward. Yes. And he didn't like it. Oh, I, I, as I recall from reading that thread, he didn't think it was written by Jim Ward. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how true or not that is, but yeah. but basically, he pretty much slammed the game on Twitter. I think that's a very, very generous and gentle interpretation <laughs> of the yeah. absolute barbaric murder that was committed. I mean, I didn't even have to work that hard. It was like, it's all just, wow. This so is, do, you know what, uh, do you know what Justin Lanas's response to this was? Um, I don't actually know what his response was. I was just entertaining myself with thinking what it might have been. He threatened to sue him (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) For a bad review. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) Yeah. Bless his heart. Uh, uh, We must give him his proper title, Sir Justin Lanassa. (laughs) Sir Justin Lasagna, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so, let's see, they're waiting for his very real knighthood to come through because obviously it was omitted completely in the British Honours list. And we're also waiting for their very real game. No, Mm. that's that's TSR, not Wonderfield. I'm getting so confused with all these different... No, Lanassa is TSR. Lanassa is TSR. Dinehart is Wonderfield, yeah. I know it's confusing, guys. Yeah. (laughs) It's, <laughs> I, 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 it's like one of those like games that you see where there's like gentlemen free cups and you yeah. just have to <laughs> guess which one the board is under. I'm sure it's like you. Know, I, I very much have that vibe from these people anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Well, finally, there's one last piece of TSR news. <laughs> really? It's, I know it never ends. <laughs> it's just like every single week. It's well, it's two. It's two. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, Michael K. Hovermail, the very TSR's chief creative officer and public yep. relations officer, has resigned after no. six months allegedly in the position. The PR officer for TSR has yeah. resigned. He's he resigned. I mean, surely that was a thanks-filled job where they were pleased to see him every day. Yeah. No, I, I can't continue. <laughs> All right, sorry, no. And finally, Justin Lanassa of TSR oh. sent Tim Cask, Tim Cask being a older TSR alum. Mm-hmm. He uh, sent him a rather profane message. Okay. Um, so I don't know what the beef is. I do remember Tim Cask did make a video like six months ago just saying like um, he wasn't involved with because he was one, of, you know, like when TSR announced itself, it said it had a bunch of TSR creatives involved. Mm. 
Oh, yes, yeah, they were like... And a lot of Cheshire creators came out and said, no, we're not. (laughs) Came out to deny that they were involved. (laughs) Uh, And he was one of those. He made a video saying, this is not TSR. This is not the TSR I worked for. This is, you know... These are some other guys. So I'm guessing it might be a a response to that, or it might be a response to something else. I don't know. But, and I apologize for the language, but I, I am reading it verbatim. Okay. He turned a message saying, go suck Luke's Watsy bull you fucking coward. I say. I know. It's, this is just unbelievable. I also heard you were fired for stealing from TSR. Right. Keep up your slander. A case is building on you two. Huh. Wow. Uh, I mean, for those listeners who are unfamiliar, like, time passes, and these are both definitely middle-aged people <laughs> of 50 plus, right? Mm. These are not... Well, Tim Cast is a bit older, yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 indeed. I, I'm no, no, no reflection upon Tim here, but merely, like, this is not the sort of language one would expect from a mature yes. adult human. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Let, alone, let alone a professional publisher. Of, yeah. Anyway. Wouldn't you have to publish something to be a publisher for us? I <laughs> just <try> like, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's it. That's the TSI news out of the way. Okay, we've done it. We've got it over for yeah. the week. I mean, it's real bring on the clown stuff. Anyway. I know. It took ages this week just because there was so much just in the last week. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, uh, I, I have a couple of bits of news. I've got some, uh, I've got some quite interesting news, uh, which I'll turn good. Uh, I've got some sadly boring news, which I'll turn bad. Okay. Which, which would you like first? Let's go with the good news. We want some happy, cheerful news to cheer us up. Okay. Uh, well, the good news is, let me just grab this up. The fucking censorship bundle is available for sale. The what? The fucking censorship bundle. I don't know what that is. Well, in a shocking turn of events, I may now take this time to explain to you what it is. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a chap called John Harness, who is very into role-playing games has done a couple of issues of Knucklebones magazine mm-hmm. and there is a website uh Game Jolt which recently got rid of a whole bunch of sex positive games. Now like games with sex in are not for everyone. I don't particularly want to play games which involve role playing in and around sex because that's not my jam and I don't particularly feel comfortable about it. But there are people who are happy and they really enjoy that. They enjoy romance and relationships and more adult themes. So having a website just suddenly deplatform all these people completely without any warning or a chance to make amends or do anything about it is quite so a So what, what website do you platform them? Uh, Game Jolt. Game Jolt, okay. Yes, uh, largely uh, computer games. Uh, yeah, oh, right, I see. Yeah. yeah, but obviously this also catches a lot of things like uh, role-playing games in there as well. Right, right, gotcha. It, it looks like an interesting, interesting selection of games here. Mage Fight, Jewels of the Arcana Erotica, What You Do in the Dark, Moors, Clothing and Alterations. And those are the names that I uh, feel happy reading out on the podcast. Mm. Um, I, I probably wouldn't talk about like, you know, um, let these mermaids touch your dick. Maybe that's probably, probably a bit risky <laughs> for a podcast like this, right, but yeah. Right, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, I thought it was quite, quite a nice thing for a, marginalised group of the relatively marginalised community that is tabletop RPG. So, yeah, thought I'd give them a shout. You can pick up the whole bundle for $10, and that looks to be round about, what's that, 
31 games. Nice. Which is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, certainly games unlike you'll have read before. So I'm actually quite tempted to uh, pick some up myself because I know I will discover things that I have not discovered before. <laughs> okay. I'm familiar with Harness. He's a, he's a really, really interesting mm. man. I'm also familiar with a few of the creators in that bundle because they hang mm. out on the what they call the lyrics games side of, of uh, TTRPGs. Lyric games yeah. as a definition has been kind of running around since 2019. And most of the people who say that they are a lyric games creator, they tend to dwell on itch or they tend to put up their own digital stores. And it's mm. mostly artistic expression. That is the most, mm. like, I, I guess that's the most succinct way that you can define a lyrics game. Because okay. it, it's supposed to be individualistic, it's supposed to have your own kind of stamp on it, and mm. it's also mm. many people say that it's hard. You might be hard pressed to call it a game. It's because you have the whole idea of play, and you also have the mm. idea of a game. So I yeah, would right. personally say that lyric games are more about play, but I also don't want to get mm. shot because some of those lyric games creators are my friends. So I personally don't do lyric games. I think I only made maybe one mm. or two that I'd comfortably call a lyric game, I guess. Mm. Uh, but okay. yeah, it's artistic expression, individualistic stuff, poetry in motion, ritual, that, that sort of... They tend to be short yeah. as well, and some of them yeah, are yeah. LARPy, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Right, right. I think no. we may have finished the news. Have either of you got any other news that you can think of that I may have missed? I've got the intense grimness that happened over on Tabletop Simulator. I have to, I don't know that one. Fill us in. What happened? Oh, well, it's, um, there was various threads and so forth, but let me. Oh, I do know what. Oh, I do know. Yes, yes, I did see that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yes, it's like the the problem with, uh, the problem with the Nazi bar, which is if you get someone in who is like wearing Nazi tattoos and is there, but they're like marginally tolerable and you don't Mm. kick them out immediately. Um, eventually they will start inviting their friends around and eventually that means that anybody is going to be like I don't want to drink there there's loads yeah, of Nazis there sure, sure. and eventually you are running a Nazi bar by default and a very similar thing happened in Tabletop Simulator where it was impossible to mention like being queer or anything like that you weren't and, even allowed to mention it yeah, yeah it would get you auto banned by the moderator if you mentioned wow. that you were queer or trans these words would get you banned wow yeah, yeah. And right. it's like, but if you mentioned that you were cis or straight, that, that's absolutely fine and normal and entirely acceptable. So it's sort of, that doesn't really go with the policies of we're not, we're, we're, it, it, it's basically, they had a very, they had a very definite political message and they say, oh, we don't want any politics here. How um, did they, is, how did yeah. they think that was going to play out? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even if I held views like that, I think I'm c- clever enough that yeah. I would know not to say them out loud. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can, you can have what views you like inside your head, but when you put them in public, that I is know. a different matter. I yeah, know. Yeah. I was like, what did they think was going to happen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Steam reviews of Tabletop Simulator have descended into a terrible trash fire with negative reviews. Have. Yeah. Saying things like trans rights are human rights. Yeah, and, of course you know, they have. Uh, what? Be nice to people. Have. people and massive transphobic screeds being the positive reviews. So it's like, wow, that is the sort of reputational damage which 
Yeah. Wow. How how does a, how does a brand come back from I that? I don't understand how companies do that sort of thing. I just yeah yeah. I, I don't. I don't get a, it. It's a failure of moderation, empathy. Yeah. Well, not even just from a basic human point of view. Hmm. I mean, obviously, I do understand how people do do things like that just because they're horrible people. I get mm-hmm. that. But how yeah. a company with professional PR people yeah. could make such a major professional misstep. Yes. Whatever, however horrible an individual person might be in their, you know, private life. When you, mm. I, don't, I don't understand how that happens. I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can guarantee it's certainly not going to make the money. But then again, we just talked about TSR, didn't we? And so, which which continues to baffle me. We should talk about people <laughs> yeah. who actually make games, man. Yeah. Although, sorry, sorry. Apart from that, totally real game that they've made. Yeah. That totally yeah. exists. So, I heard the the hack now reversed that policy. Though, is that correct? I mean, after, they after the back crash, I, I think they apology it. and they got it, but it's like, yeah, um, it's now managed to take itself from being just like basically a game simulator where you could go and play RPGs, you could play board games, you could hang out with friends and chat, and now they just managed to attract the attention from the worst people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of sad, really. Uh, I don't know. Time will tell. Right, right. Okay, then. Well, that then is the news done. Yeah, I do believe. Sorry. So, uh, unless, unless you've heard of anything exciting coming out, Pam? Um, well, I tend to dwell on the the smaller indie stuff, so everybody's always got something going on down there. Uh, lots of fun uh, uh, Is there anything you'd like to shout out? Any, a friend that's uh, just produced something? Yeah, yeah. We, oh. we, we cover people that don't actually produce games at all, apparently. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, people who actually made games would be a really nice joke. <laughs> Well, it, it, it will likely just end up being... Um, oh, wait, this is a perfect opportunity <laughs> yeah. to remind people yes. that there is a website yes. called Across RPGC, which I will be talking about eventually. <laughs> so if ever you are tired of TSR bullshit, and you also don't want to deal in Tabletop Simulator, you can check out role-playing games from Southeast Asia that have all been compiled mm-hmm. by a wonderful friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did the good work of setting up a form and telling all of us crazy kids on the Southeast Asian end, hey, put your games in here so that people can find us. So that entire website is cute because you can actually search using tags or, arth- or authors or give a kind of setup on what you want. So there's that in case people are interested in getting a taste of that. So and what's the website uh, called? Across RPGC. Across RPGC. Is yep. that yes. .com? Or- yep. It's yeah. uh, yep. yeah. across, across the, yeah. Okay. Ah. It's it's okay. less a uh, it's less fresh news, I guess, and more a recurring thing that I want to spread to people beyond the Twitter, Twitter and Discord spaces because I know that most of TTRPGs is not well, actually on Twitter. It so. will be it will be it will be news to some people for sure. So. <laughs> well, well, it was news to me. Was it news to you, Russ? I think somebody did mention it yeah. actually a few, okay. a few weeks ago. One of our guests did. Um, it's ringing nice. a bell anyway. Okay, but not with me, but you know what my memory is like. <laughs> you know what your memory is like, yeah. <laughs> what? What year is this? <laughs> right, is this so, anyway. <laughs> having, having finished a week's news. Yes. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. I think now it is time that we played our favourite game in all the world, the game, where I read out the name of a Kickstarter, and you try and guess what it is from just the name. 
So, okay, so Pam, that's rule through Captain. <laughs> you're not familiar with this game, so <laughs> let me assure you, it is more fun than it sounds. <laughs> okay. It's not like that whole thing about like uh, what's it? Uh, dental root surgery that people talk root canal surgery <laughs> that people talk about that was totally a scam there were no canals involved whatsoever I was very upset <laughs> <laughs> right so Peter would you like to go first yeah hit me what have you got okay then let's start with the tiny tome of dangerous food I don't know it sounds adorable it does I'm hoping for a book that is um, well if I hold up my thing to say about Yay big. Like, so you're you hoping know, like it's literally those, tiny, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, like a literally tiny book. Like, oh, you know, like sometimes you get things like um, uh, like a little book of love poetry or something, and mm. it's something like a bit... It's about, basically, it's a book that's about two inches by three inches, or, I don't know, like less than ten centimetres across by six centimetres across for those listening in metric. Uh, and, yeah. And it, I guess, uh, what was the, the, the tiny tomb of... Dangerous food. Dangerous food. Wow. Okay. And it's got, um, it's like all these like little tiny cute books and it explains about how I think you cook a beholder and stuff like that, which I got to say, I am, I would question the ethics of because technically beholders are living sentient things, but maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But yeah, so that, that, that's my guess. Like a little very cute illustrated cookbook. Uh, but it's really small and full of cute pictures and like little stories about how like like recipes online which basically have like someone's life story before they tell you like boiled some rice and chopped frozen beans in you're good mm. there's a reason yeah. for that you know that? when you see a recipe and yeah. it's and it's got all the stuff before the actual recipe which is the bit you yeah. actually want the reason yeah. is you can't actually copyright a recipe because it's a list of instructions, it's a, it's a process. So yeah. they have to put their life story before the recipe, so that they can, so they can maintain the copyright on the material. Yeah. yeah. If you just put recipes there, you couldn't copyright your book. No, no, yeah. So there is there is reasoning behind this. Fascinating. It's the same thing yeah. that says that you can't copyright rules mechanics in an RPG. Right. It's the same. It's the same thing. Yes. Handy. Yeah. But anyway, the tiny term yeah. of dangerous food. So it's even cuter than what you just said. <laughs> what? <laughs> Impossible. I refuse to believe it. How can there ever be cuter than what I just described? So put it this way. What about if I said the words to you, killer pie, dragon bread, evil oh. pizza, sorcerer's <laughs> sausage, tyrant tomato, sneaky sushi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's basically like... It, so, so it's like if food tried to murder you in an RPG, this is this is the book to you. Yeah? <laughs> yes, yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, this is cute. this is also interesting. It's only one dollar. Oh, wow! wow. It's for D and D fifth edition. Okay, for one dollar, yep. you get that's a PDF, surely. Uh, yeah, that with the digital rewards PDF. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, mm. So <laughs> that is. I'm going to give you a link to this because it's so cute. I, I need I think, to see this. I think you need to see this. Yeah. Here we go. Tiny So they have made books before called the Tiny Tome of Dragons and the Tiny Tome of Chivalry. Oh, oh it's and got like a little dragon 
with the body of like a loaf. That's a, that's <laughs> a dragon bread. Yeah, it's a dragon. Yeah, liver. it's eating an apple. Uh, but the, the apple is too big for it to fit entirely inside its mouth. So it's just <laughs> it's just going for the best nom it can. It's like it's just ridiculously outmatched. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, let's oh, looking at the good. stat block for the uh, killer pie there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit blurry. Ooh. Tiny aberration, neutral evil, amplus 12, hit points 35. Uh, oh, wow. That's got a, f- that's a challenge rating free murder pie. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I, I mean, quite quite frankly, I mean, I can see this. I, I need to run a wrong shot and, like... Uh, have some players ambushed by this because, like, that would be hilarious. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, it's creepy looking with the eye just looking at the side it of the pipe. It's, like, it's, like... oh, it, it's creep cute. Hmm. Creepute. Creepy. So, Peter, I can't. Yes. I don't think I can give you any points for that. Okay, fair enough. It's so cute, I don't care. It is so cute that you don't care. <laughs> okay, then. So, Pam, oh, it's your turn. All right. Are you ready? Yep. This is called Disaster Hamsters 2. <laughs> ah, we're doing awesome. a serious game today. Excellent. Well, that sounds pretty... That's just what's in the list. Disaster Hamsters 2. So you're probably playing tiny little furry things in like a hex crawl with dice. <laughs> And models and things. I, that's what I'd want anyway. Especially if they had freebies like plushies and stickers and all the frilly, shiny things. A, have, have they got freebies like plushies <laughs> and stickers? I don't think they actually do. What? I feel cheated. You, know, you can't put disaster hamsters and not have oh, cute right. things for your freebies. <laughs> so, this is I'll a disaster lesbians, but apparently not all. This is a whole hamster is. tabletop RPG, <laughs> including uh, a, a campaign setting full of sentient critters, an epic adventure, and hamster mechanics for D anD D Fifth Edition. <laughs> it does oh, look, of course, yeah, it yeah. does look very cool. <laughs> it, it, it's Boo the Miniature Giant Space Hamster. Yeah, so the campaign yeah, setting is this 100-mile diameter nature preserve, and it's full of lots of sentient animals. Ooh, yeah. cute. And there's an epic adventure. It's a fifth edition campaign for your hamsters to embark on, which takes you from levels one to level three. Oh. <laughs> it does look very, very, very cool. It's kid-friendly, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. They've taken accessibility into account. Ooh. Stretch goals include no plushies, unfortunately. Increased art and map budgets, increased pay to writers, and an extension to the adventure. Okay, okay. Incre- I'll take the increased pay. That's that's pretty cute. Increased pay is a good one. Increased yeah. pay is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it does look it does look fun. It does look fun. Mm. And I just have a look. So it's not it's not funded yet, but it's got a twenty two thousand two hundred and fifty dollar goal. 6,000 so far, but it's still got three weeks to go, so it's got plenty of time to do it. Oh, it sounds, Ooh, it sounds nice. healthy enough, yeah, with enough promo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And who doesn't want to play a disaster hamster? Exactly. Well, yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, basically, you play the disaster hamster in the first campaign, and then in the next campaign, you're the familiar or the beast friend for your players. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Disaster Hamsters 2. There is actually an original Disaster Hamsters, which I'm currently looking at on the Dungeon Masters Guild. And this one has you escaping a lab in an adventure for D&D 5th Edition. So you're a party of sentient hamsters trying to escape from an alchemist. 
<laughs> right, right. Wow. So, so, so that, was, a, that was the original disaster, hamsters. I don't. Oh, okay, so like the rats and them, but with I, hamsters. Yeah, I don't mm. know nice. whether that's cute, horrifying, or both. Both, I think. I'm <laughs> 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 just here, like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Grim. <laughs> <laughs> that went dark. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Pam, I don't know how many points to give you because I've actually forgotten what it was you said now. I was got so taken up with the actual description of the actual game. <laughs> I can't remember what the game was. <laughs> so, I'll just give you five oh, points. Oh, five points oh, for. Oh, oh, and your reward, right, is in GPs. And then they hand you this big squeaking bag. Like, Wait a minute. These are guinea pigs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, right then. So, um, I think that's, there are, there are some more. Let's have a look. We got two more. Let's do one more each. So, Peter, what is Hull Breach? Hull Breach Volume 1, if you're interested, but Hull Breach. Hmm. Um, it sounds like a science fiction game. Um, I am trying to think if I have seen this or not. I'm not sure. Um, is it for the Mothership RPG and you are like a bunch of space marines or discount versions thereof and you're boarding um, alien spaceships and going in and, um, I don't know, getting murderized by monsters inside in classic aliens film fashion? Is that, your, is that a question or was that your guess? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my guess. Okay, then. So it is for Mothership. Which, as we know, raised like one and a half million dollars on Kickstarter just recently. For the box set. For the box set, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are they Did actually, I... is that the official version? Because yeah, yeah. Yes, Mothership. Like, people have been doing a lot of products for this game. <laughs> well, so there was Mothership existed before this Kickstarter, but this is yes. Mothership first edition, the box set. So there was a sort of pre version, which is like zero edition, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Before that. And I yeah, used to that play has that, been an awful yeah. lot. Yeah, so it's. Have oh, you played it? Yeah, I've played it. I've also edited oh. for a Kickstarter adventure, not even mm. the bones before for Mothership. I'm rather familiar with the system, and I'm designing something vaguely based off of its its dice rolls. Mm. So it's quite it good. Just very cool. That tells us a bit more about it because I don't know anyone who's played it. Well, the interesting thing about Mothership is it's roll under, so that already kind of changes oh. your your dice probabilities, and it it's very very good at simulating. The, the horror of space mm. because everything is ultra dangerous and mm. it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't pull punches away from that so I guess in that mm. sense it's very I always roll my eyes when I have to say this it's very OSR I suppose uh, when you when you go into that and yeah. I love how brutal and quick it can go mm. so mm. because it's all about playing randos in space Dealing with even scarier randos in space and aliens and ships and building a ship and also all of the cumbersome stuff in between. And uh, I I just generally really like it. The, I guess the zero edition that I played did have some Mm. kinks to it. Like, Mm. I, like, um, combat could have afforded to be a lot smoother given their, Mm. there's the way that they built their system. But it, with respect to communicating a feeling or an Mm. aesthetic, or hmm. even a particular mechanical experience, Mothership is excellent. So yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised okay. it made that much money. 
Mm. So it's sort of going for a grimy sci-fi horror sort of vibe. Yeah, yeah. right up my alley, personally. But yeah. yeah, I think it's been around for like two years or something before the kids. Yeah, it's quite a while, yeah. isn't it? Building up yeah. quite a big, quite a solid fan base and quite yeah. a lot of third-party support as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was out. I've been buying supplements for it. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, so anyway, this <laughs> is indeed yes. for Mothership. It isn't a Space Marine campaign, though. It is no. a basically a whole bunch of optional rules, new, new modules, mm. GM advice, NPCs, beastery. It's, it's, mm. a, it's like a hardcover of uh, all sorts of added stuff for your Mothership game. Yeah. It's personally uh, nice for me because I'm seeing a lot of familiar names, people that help me get into TTRPGs or that I've worked with or become yeah. friends with. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see their success. Yeah. So it had... Uh, let's have a look at the... Uh, progress of this one so it has funded mm-hmm. yeah so it had a ten thousand dollar goal nice it has with three weeks to go made three hundred and twenty six thousand dollars wow nice wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is to remind listeners for a supplement not base game mm. okay then <laughs> yeah yeah no well, sorry, super popular it really is yeah 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 hmm. yeah so um, this is uh, this is actually an anthology as well. This is from twenty different oh. authors. Oh wow! So it's an anthology okay. of material. Oh, well, who are the ones you recognise, Pam? Oh, well, I recognise most yeah. of the team names. I know. Let me scroll through. Scroll down to try and find the team. <laughs> scroll it yeah. time. That's a long, long, long. It's a very long Kickstarter page. Mm. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I right, recognize right. the the editors more more often than not because Fiona is mm. a really good friend of mine. She does excellent mm. editing work. Oh, um, uh, here we go. Desert Moon, a lot of these initial ones are people that are kind of just it's like like ships passing in the night. <laughs> see each other on Twitter, mm. and you're like, I like your words. I'm gonna yeah. follow you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you blessed me with a like. How nice. <laughs> Hello, friends. Uh, yeah, it's, it's most, yeah. Fiona uh, yeah. stands out for me the most because um, I think she was one of the first people I ever met in TTRPGs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, there. Yeah, there's a, there's a graphic Shama. further down with all 20 authors there. Yeah. Okay. Find graphic. Oh, there we go. Oh. Lone Archivist. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen their work around also. Same with Meredith. Mm. Use them as well and kill. Yeah, it's just a all-star team, honestly. Mm. When it comes to... Like, anybody who wants to play Mothership should probably get this. And that's like a free endorsement for me. I'm not paid to do this. <laughs> just looking <laughs> at the names and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> buy it. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Good names. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, Mothership does look fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Peter, I'll give you five points for that. <laughs> so, it's five. So we're playing a game, aren't we? Yes, we're wow. playing a game. <laughs> so, it's five five. <laughs> I know it's time for the last one, and it's Pam's turn. Go, <laughs> Pam. So, this one is one of those Kickstarters that has a colon after the first bit, and then after the colon, it very much explains what it is. So I'm not going to read out what it is after the colon, because that will just give away the game. Oh, they just want to have their cake and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing in the title of a Kickstarter, to be fair. Yeah. You want it, it, is, it is, it is. But it's not so good for this game, because it makes it too easy. <laughs> so this is you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this is called Limitless Heroics. Oh, Ooh. that sounds interesting. Ah... Uh, 
it's not a Kickstarter for the mask system, second or third generation, something like that. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse game that does uh, hero stuff. It's either for that or it's a D&D 5e heroic stingy-bingy, because that's usually how it goes. Everybody wants superheroes in, in D&D somehow, all the time, even if you don't yeah, have to don't, do it that way. <laughs> yeah, that we've mentioned a couple of Kickstarters with superhero <laughs> D&D stuff, uh, haven't we, in the last year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're basically like demigods of old at high levels, so that's <laughs> oh, yeah. superhero enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. it sounds like to me anyway. Either it's for Powered by the Apocalypse or it's a, it's another it's yet another fifth right. ed thing, but hopefully this is gonna be different. But you do Being have to pick choose. you do have to pick one of those. You can't have two guesses. No. Hmm. Let's go powered by the apocalypse. Just because I like that system. You should have said D and D five E. See, I told you, but like, (laughs) I want more things that aren't D and D. It was me manifesting. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, there is a lot of parabolic popular stuff out there as well. It does, it does do well. But this, um, this is actually something a little different to that. It's not about Mm -hmm. superheroes and things. Um, So this is a comprehensive game mechanics for D&D 5e for including characters with disabilities, mental illness, and neurodivergence. Okay, that's so cool. That is cool. It is very cool. cool. Yeah. So this, uh, let's have a look. So for 5th edition, we've got 450 plus symptoms, uh, 78 random tables to choose or generate their symptoms, 93 magic items, 4 monster stat blocks, 3 spells, Thousands of real-world examples and tutorials on how and why to implement these uh, these topics. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I'm familiar with the people behind it, though. Uh, interesting. Uh, no, I Dale Quitchley is the uh, is the person behind this Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar either. But uh, yeah. this thing has. Funded ten thousand dollar goal. It's at mm-hmm. about thirty thousand dollars now, with nineteen days to go. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That. So, I think you both have five oh, points. Nice. It's a draw. Yeah. It's a tie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you get to share the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You look delighted. (laughs) I like winning things. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the trophy. That's probably the best reaction we've had in the past three years, I've got to be honest. (laughs) The trophy is only a metaphorical trophy, I'm afraid. It is. uh, The metaphorical trophy is a smug sense of self satisfaction, which you get to take home and put on your shelf. (laughs) So, congratulations (laughs) to both of you. And the best part is you don't have to send it back so it can't get lost in the mail. <laughs> yep, there is that too. <laughs> Diana Jones. <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> Cursed barrows. I'm tired of slogging through dank caves. Why can't we have an adventure on a tropical island for once? I know what you mean. What, with all the knee-deep puddles and the low ceilings? Not to mention the smell. I mean, why do they call it barrows and barrels? Beaches and cocktails. That's my style of game. Well, that be as it may, we're here now. And we have an entire community of Grimlocks to murder hobo. Oh, watch out for that step. Ah, curses. Now I have mud all over my robes. I hate these horrid holes. You know, I heard a rumour on the grapevine. A rumour? Yeah, I heard that the Barrowmaster hasn't done her prep for this session. Oh, you know what that means? Yeah, 
Anything goes. And the best part, we know her secret. Oh, you mean the way she listens to us talking and implements the best ideas that potentially planned it all along? The very thing. So if we're very careful and a little bit clever, we can see this grand adventure to our advantage. I like it. Right. So we just start suggesting stuff. Ooh, speculating. We speculate on what might be coming and she adopts our ideas. Okay, okay, here goes. <coughs> Say, Michael, what do you think might be round the next corner? Ooh, I don't know, Riddick. But if I was forced to speculate, I'd guess that perhaps there's a doorway leading to a lovely warm tavern filled with ale. Oh, good thinking. Quick, look around the corner. What do you see? Oh, I can taste that ale already. Well, what is it? Is it a cosy tavern? Is the ale cold? No, no, it's more... More what? Lava pit. Lava pit? But... But... Mate, I think we're a bit too obvious. The Barrowmaster isn't easily fooled. Right. Right, so we should be more subtle. Yeah. Couch our speculation. Disguise it, if you will. Oh, I get it. We have to make it sound like real speculation by including elements which only a Barrowmaster would choose. Yeah. Sneak it in by the back door, as it were. Okay, okay. Say, Michael... What is it, Duck? I wonder if an evil arch-lich has left a mug of ale behind. Yeah, that's it. The lich reference will distract her from the ale. No, take a peek. Let's see if there's a nice foamy mug of ale there. Um, well, it's not so much a mug of ale. Huh? And more of an, uh, arch-lich. An arch-lich? I fear that we have been hoist by our own petards, my friend. The Barrowmaster is indeed using our suggestions. But not the ones we want her to use. What do we do there? I suppose we have to be even cleverer. I don't know, really. That's about, that's about as clever as I can be. Fear not, Bargle. Two heads are, as they say, better than one. Oh, it sounds mighty uncomfortable to me. Eh? Having two heads. Plus, you have to pay double for hats. No, no, no. I meant our heads. One, two, yours and mine. Ah, silly me. Very well. Let us put our heads together and outwit that ghastly barrowmaster. So, we need to make it sound like we don't actually want the ales. But don't mention an archlich. No archlich. We've agreed on that. All right, all right. How about this? How about this? All right, go ahead, Bible. Say, Riddick. Do you suppose there's a cellar down there full of wicked beers? Oh, good one. I love the way you make the ale sound bad. Oh, those wicked beers. Okay, okay. I'll take a pick. I'm so excited. Oh, what is it, Bargle? Please tell me it's a cellar full of beers. Hmm. What do you mean? Hmm. It's not quite a cellar full of beers, Riddick. Not quite? Yeah, I think she may have misheard us. Misheard us? Yeah, yeah. You know when we said... Wicked beers. Yes. Well, what we have here is a cellar full of... Full of what, Bargle? Wicked bears! Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys us all these wonderful microphones and mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires. So many wires. And all these wires. Uh, We have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And those backers get... We cherish you all. 
Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Uh, so, uh, Pam, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I, no, uh, it's obviously been delightful so far. One of the things that uh, I think you've been quite vocal about that I've seen online is stuff like the RPG SEA hashtag and also Sword Dream as well. Um, and Sword Dream, as far as I've been able to make out, is sort of like a, a variation on OSR. But I'll be perfectly honest, if I knew what this was about, then I probably wouldn't be asking you on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. I know what this is about. I don't need to know. So tell, tell me more. Well, first, I I made a Twitter post about it because I, I primarily stay on Twitter as a platform, even if it's got mm. like a thousand and one problems every day. But I am a creator that is not in the center, like North America or even in the UK. So mm. online platforms are kind of where I start. Uh, I made a thread about it last year. The mm. the thing with Sword Dream is it moves beyond OSR. It started in OSR, but it moves quite beyond it. And I would not be surprised if people don't know what it is anymore because the mm. hashtag was only very popular in 2019 mm. to 2020. Okay. And interestingly enough, given that it has nine principles, and some of those principles mm. are about not really labeling yourself and kind of just doing mm. your own thing, and making multiple communities and multiple seats at the table and all that. I'm, mm. I'm really not surprised that people don't know about it. It's not a centralized movement. Mm. It never wanted to be. And I don't think it mm. ever should be. So okay. the, the thing with Dream is you can't ignore its origins. It came out because of Zach S. Because he created such mm. a problem in the OSR spaces. Mm. And many yeah. OSR creators were very upset at that. So the people who mm. rallied around uh, his form of victims and the people mm -hmm. who were sick and tired of, of OSR having such a bad rap uh, and mm -hmm. also a lot of OSR creators who are people of color decided mm -hmm. that they wanted to make a new thing and that mm -hmm. is the sword dream. The idea mm -hmm. that you can cut away at old gates and cut away at, at old ideas and do your mm -hmm. own design and not just be mm -hmm. about do you know this and that because one of the if I might say it my own opinion, one of the big problems mm. that we have in the tabletop scene is we mm -hmm. tend to create tribes around mm, particular yeah. schools of design. Mm. So yeah, yeah. you're either OSR or you're indie or you're mm. powered by the apocalypse or you're forge, something like that, mm, right? Mm. And for a lot of new creators that are coming into the space in particular, these mm. names mean nothing. 
And the last thing that any creator wants to be told is, you're not a designer until you've read XXX books and know all of this hidden history that you didn't even get to participate in for whatever reason. Maybe you weren't old enough, maybe you weren't white, maybe you weren't a man, maybe you weren't straight, all of that. So the, the sword dream idea is the dream of a lot of new spaces that you may or may not have labels or you may or may not do the OSR design as what the original people did. But as long as you want to design and as long as you can stand against a lot of toxic ideas and live that kind of, that's that statement that you stand against racism, you stand against bigotry, you want to make games, you want to teach other people how to make games, you want to kind of cheer them on from the sidelines, whatever you want to do, you want to make communities and you are a dreamer. So that's that's okay. sword dream. Uh, I've right. I've generally stopped using the hashtag for myself, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. mostly because uh, I can't fit that in my Twitter threads anymore because that takes up a lot of space. So mm-hmm. it's less me <laughs> falling out of dream and more about I got a lot to say on my Twitter threads, so mm-hmm. I don't use right. a lot of hashtags unless I have to. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah. but that's that's it. It's a very ideal. Mm-hmm. It is a, it's a dream that understands that it really will be a dream and possibly a dream forever. Mm. The it's an end goal that we'll likely never see in our generation, and that's okay. Mm, and right. uh, it's ironic because to be a dreamer also means to work towards obsolescence. Like if you have to, once you've stopped having to scream about sore dream ideas, then you've done the work already, rather yeah. than have to constantly remind people like, "Don't be an asshole, don't mm. be racist, mm. right? Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. be a shithead, all of that." Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 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 it's all. It sort of assumes once you start off, like from trying to be like a nice person, good person to other people, yeah. that um, it's sort of like a valuing that DIY approach to things, which is where the comparisons to OSR come in, because there is certainly a lot to value in that sort of being able to do micro design for your RPG and make exactly what you want. It's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is also the very older school. Sort of things like from first ed and second ed is that sort of the am i am i in the right sort of area here i think you are uh i'll, I'll be honest and say that prior to sword dream i had no idea what osr was <laughs> so and I, I was one of the people who came oh, yeah. in just at random and they were like they yeah. were talking all of this stuff about rpgs and i'm like i don't know, I, I know fuck all about that but they were kind enough oh. to explain it to me mm. so uh, you know many of the i guess progenitors of the term oh. and the ones who set up the, the whole mind yeah. principles after talking to the small community that they had made mm-hmm. were into and and or are into OSR design primarily. Right, right. So, yeah. So it was kind of born out of the OSR, is that? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And based on reaction to some of the negative aspects of yes. some of the creators. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the OSR mm-hmm. is, you know, it's obviously a, a broad tent. Yes. And um, some of some of its sort of self-appointed vocal spokespeople can be mm-hmm. problematic, and yep. I, so I can certainly see you know why why such a such a thing would happen. Yeah, and it's it's so fascinating because um, uh, as one of the people who kind of inadvertently became a face for Sword Dream, mm. Uh, mm. I did get a lot of people telling me you should centralize, you should be louder. You right. should mm. you should put your label on it, etc. But for me, that will inevitably defeat the point. I'm going to create yeah. a new camp. I'm going to end up becoming 
the one that supposedly mm-hmm. represents everybody. Right. And I think we have enough of that yeah. in our space. Yeah. Like it's kind of like saying, uh, okay, Pam, so just basically just be D and D. I'm like, I don't want to be D and D. D and D and Wizards of the Coast exists, and they have mm-hmm. their own little center, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the point of this exercise was to inspire more people to do their right. own thing, to speak to their own, speak for mm-hmm. their own, if they have to. And yeah, to get more creators creating. Yeah, sort of no, there are yeah. no leaders and there are no masters in mm-hmm. Sword Dream. There shouldn't be. Uh, in fact, I've I've had to deal with a lot of people who were insisting they were. And for me, it was like, did you not read the nine principles? <laughs> not supposed <laughs> yeah, to be. Because that's, <laughs> kind of where, that's kind of where gatekeeping itself comes yeah. from, isn't it? So Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sort of reminds me a bit of the uh, dogma uh, rules for making films, like how to be an auteur. So principles of filmmaking and we sort of got these applied to rpg like it was a very different focus but it's all got that sort of idealistic urge it feels it's it's also nice because the nine principles go beyond design they also talk Mm -hmm. a lot about how you you have to make sure that you're paying people well you have mm-hmm. to talk about things like Skillshare, about representation, mm-hmm. about inclusivity. Like You're not a dreamer if you're just going to be, again, that guy doing his own thing, only talking mm-hmm. to a particular audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, they, they even say things like, um, yeah, you stand against hate and prejudice in all forms, actively oppose mm-hmm. bigotry and harassment, to work to be mm-hmm. radically inclusive. And I know that that term can be very, very loaded mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's been appropriated by so many people. But a radical inclusion, this is me putting my, my sensitivity consultant hat on, a, a mm. radical inclusion means creating a space for somebody to be themselves, even if you are not involved. Mm. Because okay. the, the, the idea that you always have to be a part of it, that you always have to be the savior of the same story, or that you have to pick up some <laughs> sad little brown girl like me <laughs> and hire her in tabletop, that's not how it works. Mm. A, a radical mm. inclusion allows dissent. It also allows somebody to mm. being blunt to hate you mm. if uh, if they if they see that there is a problem. It allows them to mm. be critical. It allows them to to be independent. And that is radical inclusion uh, of ideas okay. that uh, you may not necessarily agree with, but you know in your mm. bones that they're right. That it's mm. still ethical. That this is a reality you don't understand. Sometimes mm. that's communicated in games or in play. Mm. Yeah. So do you get well, any pushback from the sort of darker? Corners of the hobby. Oh, on. Lots, lots, yeah, I'm, so I'm, much. That's yeah. a silly question, really. Of course you do. <laughs> Commenting whilst female on the internet just brings me. rephrase so it. Rather than do you get yeah. any, maybe the question should have been um, could you talk a little about some of the pushback you almost certainly have gotten? If you want to. If you, uh, yeah, if you want to. No. Uh, I'm, I'm called the battering ram of RPGC and, and Sword Dream for a reason. I'm, I am that bitch, okay. right? <laughs> it's like, okay. this is bullshit, you know. Mm. I've, I've gotten uh, uh, most of the, the pushback really comes mm. from people who are sentimental at mm. the idea that the OSR must be a particular thing. Right. That it should not mm. include these stories. That it should just mm. be about art. But the thing is, art is political. Mm-hmm. It, everything we do, whether we like it or not, is political. Mm-hmm. And even your silence is political. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. there, there was that. Then, of course, there were people who, who saw Sword Dream and, and thought that they could use that to kind of forward their own brand. Mm-hmm. Because there is that whole mm-hmm. strange uh, indie phenomenon of, are you selling a game or are you selling mm-hmm. yourself? 
Like, are mm. you are you the brand that you're that you're putting forward in this particular mm. idea of how you want to create and how you want to present yourself, or are you really just here to design to to pay you know, to pay your bills or to have some fun? Right? So there there was mm. some pushback from that end as well. People wanting Swordrim to be something so that they could use mm. it to forward themselves. Mm. Uh, that was uh. that's the those are the main areas that I got, and of course I got a lot of people. Mm. I always get people screaming at me regularly for being the noisy. The noisy, not white person, uh, not white, not straight, not a dude. Okay. Uh, so they, anybody yeah. who says anything like what I say will deal yeah. quite regularly with two kinds of people. Somebody right. wants to shut you up because they're afraid, mm. or mm. they want to shut you up because they want to control you. Right, right. Mm. So that's whole <laughs> and nasty. I'm sorry, you have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. how how long has the Sword Dream hashtag or the Sword Dream movement been about? Was it a particular person that uh, instigated it, or how did how did that happen? What was the genesis of it? I mean, I know you mentioned it was in response to Zach S, which was, was really, like a couple of years ago, but yeah, yeah, it was really just a community thing. Nobody really said, "Hey, let's all start using it." Yeah. Everybody who was yeah. in the Discord that I was in, at least, just mm. all started using it. And whenever mm. somebody would come around and be like, "Hey, I really like the nine principles, and I like your stuff. Can mm. I also use the hashtag?" And we're like, "Sure." Nobody mm. owns it. Yeah, it's a hashtag. So, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. yeah, it's a hashtag. Yeah. You don't own it. Well, we don't even own it. <laughs> so just but, go mm. at it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, 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 the principles. Prin- off you go. Sorry, the, the, the nine principles yeah. there. I mean, th- that presumably someone had to sit down and was that a sort of consensus, a group effort? Was that that was a group effort? Yeah. Mm. Um, like I, I name in, in Twitter that uh, Jack Graham, uh, Michael Lombardi, mm. and Nate Trim, uh they were mm. three of the people who, who started it. Yeah. And then there were a whole bunch of others from, from our end that kind of went like, okay, let's let's talk about your ideas and let's let's formulate it. So it's really a, a faceless mass, yeah. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> of Twitter, of Discord usernames. That I still talk to a number of them, really, uh, yeah. but many of us have are busy these days. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you want to talk a little about uh, what were you working on at the moment? Your current projects. Mm -hmm. I was recently announced as the project lead for the supplement around the Dagger Isles under the System Blades in the Dark. Mm -hmm. So that's under Evil Hat Publishing. I will be. I am helming an entire supplement that deals with a, a part of the map that. Pretty much nobody in the creator talked about. Um, I'm going Ooh. Southeast Asian with it, so I'm, I'm bringing oh, okay. in a lot of my my friends, my partner, and of course my, my loving partner included in that to Ooh. formulate the setting. So the uh, I'm not sure if people are you familiar with Blades in the Dark? Well, I'm familiar with the base. I'm not not had the opportunity to play it, unfortunately. But as I understand but, it, you have a city which is surrounded by a sort of a demonic wall. Yeah. And you are essentially playing people who commit crimes yeah. <laughs> and uh, using some uh, what I think of as fairly innovative mechanics like clocks and fronts and so forth right. to progress things. And you deal with stress by, I don't know, yeah, doing that- drink, drugs and uh, other terrible ideas. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, um, that about sums up Lanes of the Dark, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's dishonoured. If you want video game stuff made into a tabletop <laughs> game, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. What we're doing with it is you don't really play scoundrels in this one. You yeah. play okay. you play islanders from the Dagger Isles that mm. are fighting against the Empire 
because okay. the, the whole thing about Liz and Dark Cannon is that there is a big empire that kind of just put everybody mm. under their under their shadow. But yeah, the right. the setting of Dagger Isles pushes back and says we were never actually conquered. You just say that we're conquered because it's mm. convenient for you, mm. but you mm. don't actually know what's happening here. And one of the one mm. of the big uh, hooks that I came up with for the Dagger Isles is that it's a living set of islands. It's not just rocks in the mm. ocean. They are oh. the it's the bones, blood, and guts of a god that is coming oh. back to life. So that's that's how no. we are deciding it. And so it's a really dynamic environment. <laughs> yeah, the the, yeah. the flowers eat ghosts mm. and are powered by spirits. Right. Um, right. Every city is is centered around a creation story about a god beast, and one of those god beasts mm. was the children of the dead god that you're all living on. So that's my well, design. Right. <laughs> Right, does, that, does that mean this god could get up and just walk off though at some point? Or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it absolutely means that he can do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very much on the cards. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay. That, that sounds exciting. <laughs> you don't want to go into real estate, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. But all right. <laughs> I really, I really should play Base in the Dark at some point. Yeah, no, we should. Yeah, we, yeah, we should. We should. I've never had, yeah. never had chance to. Have you got it, Peter? Uh, I think I probably have it as a PDF, right, right. but I have foolishly not quite a hard pack. Um, <laughs> I have played Skim and Villainy. Mm-hmm. Lloyd, I was lucky enough to have Lloyd Jaren run it for me, and that was a lot that of fun. That definitely sounds fun, yeah. yeah. I got to say, well, I'm holding a film detonator. What do you think of that, mate? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> the Blades, Blades is a very dynamic system. Mm. It, um, mm. it, it received some criticism before about being too board gamey, but mm. I personally like to think mm. of it as a tool set. It's less mm. a, a singular game that you have to play like this and more of here's a possibility, here's a premise, mm. here's the aesthetic that we want to use mm. and yes. uh, take your D6 and figure out what you like and what you don't like and go for it. Yeah. Like mm. um, it, it has a flashback system that is, yes. is very cute. Um, mm. yes. So since you are meant to play right in the action and you're playing criminals in a very dark city, occasionally yes. you will run into some stuff that you could not have for- anticipated But since Blades in the Dark, uh, by principle, assumes that you as players are all smart, great people, Mm. or very, very good at crimes, you as players can say, super competent criminals, right? (laughs) I I have found it revelationary myself. Revolutionary as well. Right. Um, But based on many, many hours (laughs) of, like, in-character planning during RPGs, which (laughs) is sort of fun for, like, maybe (laughs) ten minutes, and then after the second hour... It pulls mm. like the idea. Oh, we could just have a flashback. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is we'll just have a flashback, and you tell me how you got past this. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's. I really, like, wow. I really wow. enjoyed it as well because um, mm. since I GM did a lot before I started formally yeah. designing for it, um, I used to deal with with trad gamers. So of course, they'd be coming from things like D and D and L five R and World of Darkness, mm. and they'd all be like floored when the moment I'd say, guys. This yeah. is Let's just get into it. Okay, here's the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to do this. You're going to no. go for it. And they're like, but we have to plan it. I'm like, no, you don't actually have to plan it. The system doesn't want you to plan it. Mm. So you yeah. make your role. We'll figure out your approach. Yeah. Did your approach go well or not? Yes, no. If mm. it did not go mm. well, then here's what happens. What do you do? If it does mm. go well, here's what happens. What do you do? Mm. And mm. and players tend to have that whole eureka moment when they're coming from mm. another game and into Blades in the Dark yeah. where they're like, yeah, I could just assume that I flashback this. So that's great. Like, I can say, no, 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 we're not going to face that big guy because he's under my payroll and the GM Uh, will will revise the story immediately and go, okay, so the big guy will do this instead. Yeah, yeah. 
It's fun stuff. No, absolutely. Taking all the, uh, the, the basically allowing play to concentrate on the exciting bits of RPGs is something I'm 100% in favour of. Like, I don't really want to use my uptime while I'm playing the game to be doing <laughs> very boring activities. Yeah. Well, well, you won't yeah. want to play my next game, so I'm designing a game which 99% of the gameplay involves filling out a spreadsheet. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> That's going to be I, I great. Thought, I thought you said the game was going to be all about boring activities. I mean, this sounds like loads of fun. Sign me up. Uh, I, I, I mean, I say this, and I'm like, gave my characters paperwork, like incident reports that they had to do for the laundry RPG, which is essentially Call of Cthulhu. Hmm. And after they did the usual Call of Cthulhu stuff, but with more explosions, then they just had to write their explanations to the British government about exactly what it was they'd been doing and what went wrong. Um, <laughs> but anyway... Enough of that. Yeah. Um, I was uh, very interested in some of the games you yourself had written, Pam. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of terms. Yes, uh, public utility mechs. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. I got, I got to say, that did catch my eye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, you seem to be laughing. Is this not a good game so oh no i love i love it i i love public yeah. utility mix it's uh one of the popular forms of public transport yeah. here because we have no yeah. centralized public transport in metro manila is called a jeepney and the oh. jeepney is basically you take something like a pickup truck or, or a jeep you Sorry. slap some iron stuff behind it to make sure you can cram 20 people in it and you send it out on the road and it does, it has no stops. It just has like a route that you go for in, in some neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. 20 people in the back of a pickup truck, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, right. Um. <laughs> so they, they just, wow. uh, a jeepney okay. just stops in front of you and you climb on, okay. and then all the people in the back will pass your money over to the driver in the front and he will move on with his life. And the moment okay. that you see your stop, you just either tap somebody to scream stop for you or yeah. you just leave or off. you do it yourself or you leave, or you roll your barrel of roll <laughs> off if you like that's fine too okay. and that's right, that's right. how a jeepney works and my partner and i were like what if we oh. take our jeepney and we put it mm. in a science fiction setting where the philippines was invaded mm. by aliens and now our jeepneys can transform like transformers Ooh, nice so that's okay. that's public utility next you are all playing jeepney oh. drivers with super robots that can transform but your government doesn't fund you very well. But you don't really have a choice because you got to fight those aliens, and you got to make sure that you got you get from one point to another mm. in a blasted Metro Manila setting. Right, right, okay. <laughs> I think I think I've got an idea about how that how that works. Though it just sounds kind of exciting. <laughs> I was wondering what because invariably this will come up in a Kickstarter game. <laughs> what Talia Punk and Junk Punk? Oh, ah, okay, yeah, Talia Punk. Yes. Um, Palliate Punk was a term formed by uh, a, f- a friend of mine, DJ Resha. And the yes. idea behind Palliate Punk is mm. it's, it's, it's not cyberpunk because cyberpunk mm. is too advanced for a setting like Manila. Because uh, the Philippines okay. is a developing country, of course, and that's that's mm. that's the that's the reality for many reasons. So you can't mm. really say that cyberpunk is a thing that's familiar to us because we mm. still dwell in the, I guess, in the in the in the dollar computer stores, in the in the depressed neighborhoods, the mm-hmm. old slums, and, and all of that. That's our reality. That's that's closer to 
to our kind of science fiction than, let's say, stuff that we get from, from an anime like Ghost of the Shell. Because okay. Ghost of the Shell is very pretty and neon lights. Mm. Uh, Manila's mm. not like that at all. So the no, no. Talia as a, as a word, um, mm. I think, if I remember what BJ told me correctly, is mm-hmm. those iron sheets that you put on the roofs of your house. Oh, yeah, corrugated iron sort <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, right, right. like that. So it's Talia. Okay. So that's, that, yeah. those are the aesthetics. It's, it's a tropical sort of, of science fiction in a place okay. where, where technology mm. can be found in small little corners. It doesn't dominate things. It's part of your reality, yeah. but uh, yeah. not a lot of people know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So it sort of feels like... Um, sort of like cyberpunk, but with more shanty town. Is that yeah, more is that accurate, or am I getting more it like wrong? that? Uh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the other okay. interesting thing that uh, yeah. that we deal with for context in in Manila is um, mm-hmm. since we don't have a lot of centralized systems, um, mm-hmm. one of the fascinating things that happened in the nineteen eighties on Onlus mm-hmm. was that nobody could get a landline oh, because wow. there was only one company in the entirety of the Philippines. That gave out landlines because mm. we are controlled by mega corporations and that are all tied right. to families. And these families are more okay. like um, the landlords of old. They're called hacienderos, right? So, right. in in it, that's a Spanish term, of course. But we were yeah, colonized yeah. by Spain, so we kind of inter- we kind of inherited that. Mm. So these these old plantation people or whatnot are the ones who used to mm. own the galleon trade. Uh, eventually, they were the ones who would become the corporations that we all know and quote-unquote mm. love today. So mm. since there was only one company with phones, uh, pretty much nobody could get a phone. Nobody could communicate with their loved ones. Nobody could actually call people abroad. And since we are a, a migratory nation where most of our workers yeah. are based in other countries, that was pretty heartbreaking. So the revolution for us was when uh, cell phone companies happened and then when cell mm. phone companies put in free internet. That's why the majority of the Filipinos are on Facebook and Viber. Because mm. those are the free mm. apps. Those are the ones that uh, can reach to the far-flung areas of our country. Because there are only mm-hmm. two ways to, to talk to the majority of the Filipinos uh, in the country. There's radio, like good mm-hmm. old radio, or Facebook. All so, right. I, I guess that gives some context to the very vague idea of what Talier uh, Punk is, right? Yeah, one yeah. TV no, no. in the in the shanty area that everybody crowds around, yeah. or the one person who has yeah, a cell yeah. phone <laughs> and then talks oh, it out okay. with their relatives. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> No, no, thank you. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, it does feel sort of cyberpunk dystopian in your description of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Okay. And I was wondering what Halo Halo meant. Oh, Halo Halo. Halo Halo. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's a, it's a great dessert that you might be able to get at a Filipino store. Uh, okay. Halo Halo is, Halo Halo literally means mix. It's okay. a mix of many different things, so I'm going to try okay. to find it. Like a, a melange sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if it means a mix, and it's a okay. special sort of dessert, which is mixed. Yeah, there you go. Nice recipe. You put it in a glass, you put a bunch of, bunch Ooh, of nice wow. stuff on ice with ice cream and fruit bits and nuts Ooh. if you want, or cereal. Now that does look nice. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I want one of those. Wow. That's okay, hello, hello. so for... I will do my best to describe this. I mean, <laughs> I'm feeling my mouth is salivating already. So basically what you want to do is you want to try and imagine an ice cream sundae. Yeah. And it's got, it's filled with, what was it? It's a shaved ice condensed milk on top yeah. of, um, we've got like, what's that? I'm seeing strawberries. Is that sweet corn? Yep. Would and you, man- corn? you could put mangoes, yeah. mango bits in yeah. it. Or I cereal. think some tapioca pearls as well in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then what's that going to be like? Maybe taro ice cream on top with some uh, shaved nuts? Yeah, I mean, it looks like an absolutely gorgeous um, uh, sundae, ice cream sundae, mm. but using all sorts. Yeah, oh, pandan infused sweetened condensed milk. Well, that, that does look It nice. doesn't look good for my New Year diet, though. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, something that I, one of your other games that I also thought was very interesting that you did, um, well, again, 2020 was, uh, Asian Acceptance. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. That, yes, that, yes. that one's very personal to me because, um, yeah, yeah. the, the, uh, oh. I, <laughs> the idea of Asian Acceptance came from the fact that when I made that game, I had not come out to my parents yet. And it's, mm. a, it's a long meditation on the reality mm. that a lot of people, a lot of Asian people who are not from North America face. Like, how do you come out to your mm. parents? How do you mm. live an existence of, uh, you're queer to your friends and maybe your workplace, but your parents have no idea that you're gay. Right, it's, right. It's, mm. Or they know, but nobody wants to talk about it because yeah, that's not yeah. proper according to God. Right. It's, it's mm. that sort of awkward space. And I yeah. wanted to simulate that anxiety and fear that mm. people can constantly live in when you're in the closet using dread. Yes. So, yes, that sort of makes a lot more sense now because... Um, dread uh, dread uh, as in Jenga Tower Dread. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I took, I took the, that the, system. Yeah. A, very, a very physical sense of precariousness because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I played and ran Dread myself, but yeah. I was just wondering how you would do the emotions of build a character together. I guess it's the removing things and piling them up yeah. top. So wow, the, okay. that, that's basically your, that's basically how you are at the start of the mm. day mm. in a scenario mm. of Asian acceptance. So mm. those, those blocks are your ability to, to move on for, right, for the day right. and not feel so crushed. Right. Because every little thing is a cut, right? Mm. When somebody makes mm. a bad slur, but the rest of society is okay with it, what do you do? Mm. Like those are the little scenarios that you'll face in Asian. Like when people talk about having spoons, that sort of. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it yeah. is your I mean, heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's more from your disability model, where you like have a finite number of resources, like spoons or spell slots. It's like you can only do so much in a day before you just have to say, "No, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm, I, I'm, can't I'm do done." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except you get a random number of spell slots, and wouldn't that be a hell of a game to play? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. So that was a uh, very good, and I think probably. The other one that I thought was a really interesting idea was our armistice. Oh, the yeah, that yeah. one was my yeah. which is where you've basically it's sort of like you've played through your I don't know, epic campaign or whatever, you've done uh-huh. everything. You vict- <laughs> you you are victorious over the big bad evil guy and it's sort of playing through like sort of the epilogue, like you're returning home to a lover who's waited a long time for them. That one that- started so interesting for me because it just came out of a Twitter post from a, a tabletop mutual who had said, does anybody think about the prostitutes and the sex workers and the lovers that are left behind by adventurers? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I came up with that game on the idea that it, indeed the, the evil is over, whether that evil was mm. you or your partner mm. or not. It could have been something else. It might have been a revolution. It might have been a war. Maybe it was... Uh, whatever was was threatening your village but now it deals in the meditation of a hero that is walking home to a lover that has been waiting for them yeah so yeah. that's what it that's mm. what it plays through you establish the two people you establish the conflict that happened what tore you apart perhaps the fights that you had before that the mm. things that you left unsaid 
and it, you go into that, you, and you meet, you, you even get to describe your home. You get to describe mm. uh, the the meeting again with your with your partner mm. and how that goes. Uh, so it's meant to be yeah. an intimate game between between two mm. people. I did get the pleasure of mm. seeing. Uh, two people who had played D and D use mm-hmm. our armistice as mm-hmm. a character building exercise, where they oh. made, they made their couple through the game, mm-hmm. and they they played out an entire thing using the game. So that was mm. nice. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, was there anything anything we wanted to bring up before before we go? I have yeah. one oh. last game that is yeah. almost finished. It's Ooh, called okay. uh, Navithem's End. It was kickstarted uh, sometime last year. My partner and I wrote it together. It's Agents Against the Apocalypse, Unique World, a system that uses a whole mix of other things. Yes, I am 18 or older. <laughs> 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 I have to confirm I'm 18 to get into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's our little game. And uh, what's, what's exciting about it is the digital copy will be passed to our backers and will also be available to anybody who wants to buy it. But... Mm. My my partner is working very hard to establish a limited print run, and mm. we have been talking with small publishers that are friends of ours. Mm. Uh, there will be a limited yeah. print run in the states and also in the UK. Awesome! Nice. So hopefully yeah. um, in February. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, what we're yeah. I, I mean, it, it's definitely powered by the apocalypse. I can see the those things. I'm just trying to work out what it's about. So the world of Navithem is a world that constantly deals with the the end of times. Like it's 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 not okay. just one big event. Mm. It's it's constantly okay. happening due to lore and whatever else. Right. So you are people who play agents and kind of like a mm. constant CSI exercise of figuring out is this an apocalyptic anomaly in the making or not, you go out and solve it. Mm. So <laughs> that's that's your job in this in this steampunk world. You're like, is that right, right. a chaotic end of the world thing or is this just a bad day? To be honest, it just, it just sounds like every day now, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very current. Very current. Yeah, yes. absolutely. It's like, are we, are we in the apocalypse? I'm not sure. Yeah. We're going to kill everybody or just like a lot of people. Uh, a lot I mean, of people. Can't really yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, sometimes I do feel oh. like we're just in one really, really long, slow apocalypse, which is slowly happening mm. in front of us. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh. oh, I'm like cheery though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Pam. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I keep seeing this cat.
Pam. They're very well dressed. They've got like little bow and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, his name is Mallow. So, he likes my window. So uh, my, dog, my dog will probably come and say hello at some point when he gets bored. He's just <laughs> he's just off camera at the moment, staring at me. Why? Why are you talking to these people and not me? <laughs> I'm far more interesting. Put me on the podcast. <laughs>